The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hey everybody, how you doing? Welcome back to another episode of the show. Always appreciate you tuning in. My guest this week is going to be Monica Sabin. Monica is one of the big wigs on the APP's membership committee, so not surprisingly, we talk all things membership. We talk a little bit about some of those myths you might hear about uh, what it takes to be an APP member. Uh, you don't need a, a statum sterilizer in your shop. You know, a standard medical autoclave is really all we need. Um, you don't have to be ordering from those uh, top tier big name companies. You know, we're really just looking for you using a, a, a safe and uh, documented material. Um, we talk about uh, mill certificates. We talk about uh, how you actually go about applying for membership, you know, um, getting all the info you need from the website so that you can be best prepared to, to make your application process easy. Um, there's a questionnaire you fill out. There's a video walkthrough of your studio. You know, they're all reasonably easy things. And, and we talk about how the membership committee is is right there with you uh, as support. You know, if you have any questions, if you need that kind of uh helping hand or, or guidance or mentorship on uh, getting your studio ready for APP application or getting yourself ready for APP application, uh, that membership committee is is there um, and, and that's their job. You know, they're there to, to help you through that process. So uh, a little bit of information about me. Um, you know, I talk about my classes all the time and when this episode posts online, uh, I should be just coming back from my San Francisco class and that means I'll be getting ready to head to London, England soon. Um, I might have a few spots available in that class still, so if you're interested and you know, you're know you in uh, the London, England area, you can go ahead and uh, check out precisionbodyarts.com slash seminars, uh, get you all that info that you need to, to register. So for now, uh, let's talk to Monica Sabin from the APP's membership committee. So my name is Monica Sabin. I am the membership coordinator for the APP. I work alongside Cody Vaughn uh, to run the membership committee. I have been involved with the committee for the last three years. Um, I've been an APP member for about four years. Uh, I am currently a business member at large, uh, piercing in California, mostly Southern California at this time. Um, and I'm here to talk about membership. So it's kind of cool having you uh, in a position like this, like, you know, to see how far you've come, because our first interaction was you applying for an LD scholarship to come to conference. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah. That was six years ago. It's just cool, you know, like, uh, it, I know Caitlin has this thing, you know, Caitlin McDiarmid, for the people that uh, don't know who we're talking about, the uh, APP administrator, she, um, she really just has this thing about like, you know, are the people going to be in it for the long term? Is this like the, the right, you know, investment and not necessarily people that are going to volunteer for the APP, but people that are like in it for life, you know, body piercing is going to be their career. And it's just always cool 
to, to know that we made the right choice sometimes, you know, because there have been sometimes where we've made maybe a regrettable choice, you know, so it's just really cool to see somebody who, um, you know, maybe needed that helping hand the first time to get to conference, like grow to this point. And it's just, it's just cool to see it. So, you know, congratulations. Uh, thank you. Yeah, it has been absolutely, uh, mind blowing. Um, I started out wanting to be a member, um, and then hopefully to actually become involved with the APP, I wanted to be on the membership committee. Uh, I knew that very early on. Uh, I don't know how I knew that that was where I wanted to be, but uh, I felt drawn to it. Uh, I have been volunteering as a conference volunteer for the last six years with Caitlin and everybody else that helps run conference. And I think through that, I was actually able to kind of get my name and face out there uh, and then I got an interview uh, with the membership committee because they were looking for somebody else, somebody to help keep things kind of organized, keep things going. Uh, and somebody had put my name out there. I think it was actually Julie Taylor uh, was like, you guys should talk to Monica. And uh, yeah, it was an immediate it worked out immediately. That's pretty cool because sometimes, uh, you know, people are really enthusiastic about helping and then they get into a, a committee or a role that they, they, they're maybe not really meant for. You know, I've seen it happen before. Some people jump into something that they think is going to be their, you know, the right fit for them, but it, it's not. So uh, it's, it's cool to know that, like, you know, you found, you found a good space uh, to, to get work done and that you're actually, you know, you seem to be enjoying it. You know, you seem to be excelling at it. So, you know, that, that's always good, too. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely, uh, the responsibility has mounted as I've shown, like, interest and uh, proficiency. Uh, and so they'll give you, there's always work to be done uh, if you want to be involved with the organization. There's always, always something to do. Yeah, that, that's that's another thing. You know, sometimes I hear piercers, uh, they might be a member, they might not be a member, and they kind of just sit on the sidelines and... And they kind of like wait for somebody else to maybe like in, invite them to to volunteer or to join or something like that. And you know, uh, it, it's it's a volunteer organization. You know, everybody is free to to chip in. You're not going to get turned away. Um, you know, there there is a little bit of a process. You know, like we we have you fill out a, a form. You know, you talk about what your strengths and weaknesses are, what your skill set might be, and and then um, you're kind of typically you're given kind of like a like a beginner role for volunteering, you know, something simple, helping out with a project or maybe like write something up for the point and see how that goes. And then you can kind of move up to maybe a, a job with a little bit more responsibility and kind of go from there, you know, depending on how hard you want to work. And, um, you know, if there's anybody out there listening, who's always kind of thought in the back of their mind, like, Oh, you know, I, I would really love to get involved in the APP, but you know, I'm not, yes. I'm not on the inside. I don't have like friends in, in the APP or whatever. Like, Everybody starts out the same way. Everybody starts out as a stranger. Everybody starts out on the outside. And um, you can get as involved as you want to be. It's an entirely volunteer organization. So, you know, if, if you want to get involved, uh, just just reach out, you know, um, contact uh, some of the like the membership liaisons and uh, or yeah, contact uh, you can actually uh, you can actually email uh, Julie Taylor at volunteer at or volunteers at safepiercing.org and she can get you to a. Uh, survey uh, where you can put in all that information and then actually kind of um, all the committees review the answers to those surveys when we are looking for new committee members. Yeah, and I guarantee there's always a committee that needs an extra hand because there's there's a lot of work to be done. You know, the APP has been growing pretty rapidly over the last few years, and it's kind of like all hands on deck at this point. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the growth has been exponential. Uh, 
I don't know uh, if you want to go into that a little bit, but uh, we are sitting at about 660 members now. That's so um, crazy. Wait, I wonder who's going to be member 666. Uh, <laughs> well, we're at 665 right now. So oh, man. Uh, we have about five applications that we have to wrap up actually by the end of this month because um, we have some deadlines in anticipation of conference. And so somebody is going to get that lucky number nice. uh, very, very soon. Um, but to, to give you some perspective on that number, when we started kind of tracking this back in 2008, we had about 100 members. Yeah, I remember that. I mean, I remember at a point where you know, there were all these hundreds and hundreds of people that would come to conference. And then you would say like, well, what about members? Like the members only class was like 50 people, 60 people. The members meetings were like 40 or 50 people. You know, it's crazy to see that kind of growth in just a few years. Yeah. After about 2013, we've been adding about a hundred members every year. And then since January to about to today till April, uh, 25th, uh, we added 165. So we're not even at the end of the year yet. And we've already added more members than we did last year. That's awesome. Where, yeah, where are it's you amazing. seeing the majority of them coming from? Do you, do you feel like it's regional? Do you feel like it's kind of like, uh, you know, like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon? Like, you know, this person joined <laughs> because they know this person or, or something? Or do you feel like it's just coming from everywhere? Uh, I, well, it's definitely a little bit of everywhere. We're seeing an increase in international members for sure. Um, lots of studios where there aren't a lot of studios in their area providing, you know, quality services and quality jewelry. Um, definitely people who are friends with other members. It seems like other members are definitely doing the good work of helping other piercers out to get to the point where they can, you know, meet industry standards. So it's, it's a little all over the place, but it is, uh, it's, it's growing everywhere. That's awesome. What have you been seeing for uh, for international lately? I'm always I'm always really interested in uh, international members. Uh, we have some people. Um, actually, I don't have that handy uh, right now. Uh, but <laughs> I know, right? Uh, I am like the master of the information, but it has it has become a lot of information. Yeah. I'm sure. uh, there's a lot of French speaking uh, people uh, in Canada. Uh, mm-hmm. Recently, we had a lot of uh, applicants there, a lot of people from the UK. Uh, they have the UK APP, but a lot of them are already members of that and are, are interested in now in becoming members of the APP. Yeah. Um, so we've definitely seen a lot of that. Um, Australia, for sure. A lot more piercers applying. We actually, I think, had like two or three studios within the last few months. Nice. Apply yeah, with several is members. Like, Australia is on my wish list of places to go. I think I want to try to get there sometime at least by the end of 2019. Yeah, you're going everywhere. I can see that that's going to happen. Yeah, I, I want it to happen worldwide. Yeah, for sure. So what do you see as like the the future of membership? I mean, do you think that this kind of growth is going to continue? Do you think we're going to get even more growth? Do you feel like we're kind of plateauing? I don't, I don't feel like our momentum is even slowing down at all yet. I don't feel like we're even getting to a plateau point yet. No, I don't think we'll hit a plateau. Um, you know, we are finally, uh, we were growing at a uh, predictable rate from 2014. Every year we got about 100 members. This is the first year that that will double. We'll, we'll probably increase by 200 members this year. Um, I see that it continuing to grow. Um, I see the membership process changing. 
um, kind of like maybe a little bit more streamlined process for application. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe adding different facets to the application process to increase uh, healthy uh, health and safety awareness in studios and make sure that these uh, applicants and members are, you know, holding to the standards that we want them to. Right, right. So, um, what are, what are some of the what are some of the benefits that members get? You know, because I, I know that there are things like conference and, you know, you get access to certain like members only classes, but, you know, there are other things that people get access to also, you know, like there's the APP members only forum on Facebook and yeah. you, know, you kind of unlock that key to um, being part of the APP's social media, you know, Instagram and Facebook and all that. But, you know, what do you see as like some of like the, the benefits of, of being involved with APP membership? Well, definitely social media. Um, That is, you know, advertisement today. Print advertisement isn't really the way of getting clients anymore. So having, you know, uh, your social media content reposted by the the organization, um, obviously being on the member locator, more and more people are familiar with, okay, we want to we want to go somewhere and, and get pierced. And we want to. We want something better. We want better jewelry because we're seeing that online. We're learning. Parents are learning. Piercing guns are not the way to get, you know, their child's ears pierced. And so they're they're finding themselves on the Safe Piercing website, which then they can find you, you know, as a member. Um, you get a discount at conference. It's a fifty dollars off of the full conference pass. Uh, there is also jewelry discounts from various companies. Uh, there, it's And it's a really cool network to be a part of because then you can change the organization. Like you were saying, if you become involved with it, you, you can make the organization what it is. If you want to see the APP doing different things, becoming a part of it, becoming a member is the first way to do it. Yeah, that's another thing is, you know, whenever – I don't know how often you hear it, but, you know, over my career, I, I've, I've heard it, you know, popping up every now and then, those people that grumble and say – the APP is like a, it's a trick, it's a scam, it's like a conspiracy to get us to buy these certain jewelry companies, like things like that. But like, again, I just want to say it, it's like the the organization is formed by its members, you know? So, you know, just like any other organization, like if you join, you have a voice within the organization. And if you want to change something, if you want to be involved in like you know the the message or even if you want to run for the board of directors like you can you can do that you know like get active and and get involved in it yeah the first step to changing something is becoming involved with it um and and the i feel like the cost you know the financial cost of membership uh in the application process uh it it pales in comparison to the advantages you know with the discounts and uh, with just, you know, advertisement through the, you know, social media and the members locator. Well, let's, let's talk about the discount a little bit more because that's, that's something that I kind of, I take for granted and I kind of forget about because it's just a line item on my invoices these days, you know, but, um, you know, there are a handful of different companies. I'm sure you could find a a full list on the the website, safepiercing.org, but you know, as an example, like industrial strength, they give a discount on there, you know, so if you're ordering, um, you know, $500,000 worth of jewelry from these companies every month, I uh, think at the end of the year, the, the discount that you'll get from them is going to be far more than what you pay in, in, a, in a really small membership fee. You know, what, what is the membership fee right now? I mean, the, the initial application? Uh, so the initial application fee is $50, and that is for, you know, uh, you submit your application um, with your video, 
And you actually get a digital copy of the APP procedure manual, which costs uh, $50. So it, uh, you're getting that procedure manual for the $50 cost and submitting your application. Um, upon approval uh, for a business member, it's $150 initial due payment. And then it's $50 annually, which kind of balances out if you end up going to conference and get that $50 discount. Right, right. And I mean, that's really not so much money anyway. I mean, depending on what kind of studio you're in, that's like, you know, two or three piercings, you know, and, and yeah. just think like, you know, yeah, you have so much more, you know, people are going to find you on the, the website, people are going to potentially see you on social media, you know, you can you can come to a conference with a discount, you can order jewelry with a discount. And that procedure manual is fantastic. You know, before I was a member, you know, I thumbed through that thing for hours and hours and hours thinking about how yeah, I could improve my studio. And, you know, if I had a question like that would be my go-to, you know, I, I know people always talk about like the piercing Bible and running the gauntlet, you know, those books, like when people talk about source material to learn about piercing, uh, you know, they talk about those all the time, but don't forget there's the APP procedural manual, you know, that gets overlooked a lot. You know, that, that was put together by some of the top piercers over the last, you know, 10 years or so, you know, it's, it's revised yeah. every now and then. Um, and it's everything it's talking about, you know, what goes into quality jewelry and, and the proper procedures for disinfecting and sterilizing and what jewelry is appropriate and what gloves are appropriate and everything, you know? So if you're, if you're a body piercer and you want to take it seriously, um, you should really take a look at that procedure manual. And if you look at it as, you know, if you're going to spend $50 on just a procedure manual, why not spend $50 for that application fee? You know, you don't exactly. have to apply right away. What, what's the time exactly. period where they get to apply? Uh, there is none, um, provided that it, they are the person applying or it's for their studio. There really isn't a time frame we, that we have set for that. Uh, so it's definitely an incentive to just get the procedure manual through the due payment. Um, and then there you go. It'll actually help you uh, through the application process as you're looking to set up the studio, um, as you're answering the questionnaire, all everything is in there. Yeah, that's that's really handy, you know, and um, I'm, I'm happy to say that I was involved in that in that decision uh, during one of the, the board meetings, you know, people were just thinking like, well, you know, what's the best way to get this in people's hands, you know, and, and if people want to join, there's a questionnaire that you have to fill out. So, you know, what if people need to be able to track down those answers? They're all right there in the procedure manual. So, you know, why not kind of tie them together and give them that bonus of, well, if they're going to if they're going to join, they might as well get this procedure manual, you know, so they can kind of study up and, and put in the best application possible. Yeah, I think it was a great decision when that change was implemented. Um, yeah, definitely beneficial. Yeah. So um, when it comes to uh, applying, you know, I know a lot of people get intimidated at that prospect. You know, um, I, yes. I do understand that, you know, the APP, depending on your perspective of it, can can be, uh, you know, a, a challenge, a goal, an intimidation. You know, for me, for a long time, uh, I knew the APP was out there and I knew that it was kind of out of my league. You know, I, I thought that I wasn't good enough to be a member, you know, and um, now looking back on it, I wish I had applied years earlier. You know, I was going to conference. I, I was taking advantage of as many of their resources as I could, the brochures and reading the point and, and the procedure manual and, and conference and all that. And I, I still thought like, man, I'll never be able to achieve this. I'll never be as good as these guys, you know, these, these ladies, these people, all these people who I've been looking up to. And, uh, you know, uh, don't, don't get too intimidated by it, you know? 
Uh, I see that a lot. Um, I understand the intimidation. I have only been a member for four years, uh, while I have been piercing for almost eight years. Uh, so for, for half of my career, I was not a member. Um, not for a lack of want. Uh, it was more like getting the studio up to standards. It was like feeling like my application was good enough, feeling like that video was good enough. I remember uh, the application had actually changed a couple times before I ever sent my application in because I had waited so long. I filled out three different versions of the APP business member application uh, during like, you know, a series of a few years uh, because I was intimidated by the process. And now, now that I'm on the other side of it, um, it's, it's really different. And it may be that membership was a little different when, when I was looking to apply, but the way that we process these applications, um, it definitely, I think, gets a bad rap or maybe people don't really understand what we're doing. A lot of people feel as though if they send something in and it's wrong, we're just going to send a declination letter um, or slam them for something. Uh, our approach is to reach out to people, to work with them. Um, if there's anything in the application that we're like, hey, you know, this can be done better. This can be done safer. Uh, you know, we'll have you send in a new video. We'll have you send in updated materials. I, I remember when, when I applied, you know, and um, that was back before it was quite so streamlined. You know, now it's it's very it's very digital, cloud-based, you know, upload files, drag-and-drop yes. folders, things like that. But when I applied, you know, it was an actual mail-in-a-folder, you know, kind of thing. And yeah. um, I, I did get approved uh, on my, my first application, but even with my approval letter, I still got a letter of, hey, we think that these are, are areas in your studio with room for improvement. You know, what what would you think about this or what would you think about this? You know, they're not mandatory, but, you know, they are suggested for improvements. And, you know, I, I took those improvements to heart and I, I eventually made them. But, um, you know, going back to that intimidation factor... Uh, the membership committee and, and the APP wants you to be a member. They don't yes. want to keep you out. They don't want to make it this like cool kids club, you know, we're on the inside, you can look in sort of thing. They want everybody in on the party in on the piercing party, you know? So if you apply and you have like a less than stellar application, but they, they see, you know, the potential there, they're going to yes. talk to you about that. You know, you'll get a letter of suggestions, you'll get an email and they'll, they'll tell you like, these are some of the things that you might want to tweak before we can approve you, or even, you know, we think we can approve you, but you know, maybe you need to to do a little bit better job with just the the video or the or the questionnaire or something like that. But, uh, you know, they they're there to help. You know, you're you and the membership committee they're are there to help. Yeah, um, the application itself. Uh, when you look at, um, so there are a couple different parts to the application. Uh, you have all the personal criteria that would be like um, certificates, proof of time piercing, um, just basically letting us know who you are, your questionnaire. Uh, then the environmental criteria is made up of requirements and then suggestions. And so those suggestions, if we don't see them, you know, we'll send them off in a letter to you when we, uh, you know, if we accept you for membership. But those requirements, if they're not there, we'll give you a phone call. We'll shoot you an email. Um, I have spent, you know, series of days, weeks, months uh, working with applicants on their application to get them to the point where we could just send off an acceptance. 
So it isn't all or nothing or anything like that. Um, we also have a forum, uh, an APP non-member forum uh, on Facebook that you can communicate with us and ask questions. Uh, you can also reach me at members at safepiercing.org or uh, at Monica Sabin at safepiercing.org. And we're all more than happy to answer questions to get you to that that point. The other cool thing that um, I, I've seen individuals from the membership committee and, and the committee itself do is basically kind of like you can still send us all the stuff you want. It doesn't even have to be for membership. You know, if you want an opinion on your studio, you know, if you think, hey, you know, um, what areas could I improve kind of thing? You know, this is my studio. I know it needs some help, but I don't know where to start. You know, you can you can send in a video there. You can send in some pictures. You can send in text or even just ask questions. You know, you, you don't have to only communicate with the APP when you feel like you're at a certain point where you're ready to apply. You know, it's it's a lot of support to, to get you there uh, ahead of time too, you know, through the forums, through emailing, you know, through individuals or, or the, the committee itself. Um, that's the whole point of the APP, you know, it's to disseminate the message of, of safety and, and health and education in body piercing and it's not to uh, intimidate people, you know, like like you said, with um, membership kind of exploding, you don't add 500 members over a couple of years by being stuck up and trying to keep people out. You know, you want to be inclusive and, and pull those people in. Yes, definitely. I think more people are becoming aware of that, but they're still, um, I think for people who aren't members or have not applied yet, it's very much viewed as like an us and them thing. Um, I started out piercing with externally threaded jewelry. I didn't, you know, start in the best way. I brought myself up. I improved. I worked with my mentor um, and employer, you know, saying like, let's get better stuff. Let's do this better. Um, and unfortunately, he was very receptive to that. So there isn't all of us, all of us who are members, all of us involved with the organization. We've all been at different points at different times. And so I understand, you know, uh, the intimidation, but also then I understand, like, I'm here for you. We're all here for you to, you know, to help you get to that point where you can apply and become a member so that you can work within industry standards so that you can do better for yourself and do better for your clients. Right. I mean, when I, when I became a member, I, I had owned my studio for 10 years, you know, and the reason I wasn't a member is because I, I wasn't there yet. I wasn't ready yet, you know, cause, uh, you know, everybody starts off with, with good intentions, hopefully, you know, but maybe they don't start with the best resources. Maybe they don't have the best mentorship or, you know, access to whatever it is that they want, whether it's education or jewelry or, or supplies or whatever. Um, but you know, you have to, you have to grow there, you know, and the APP is, is that kind of helping hand sticking out there, you know, like a uh, 21 year old Ryan that, that didn't, didn't have any idea what, what I was doing really, honestly, yeah. you know, um, like I was a, I was a piercer and I, I felt like I was like hot shit in my area. Uh, and then I went out to conference and, and it completely turned everything on its head for me, you know, and the APP was that, that source of information. You know, I got to see the difference between, um, this is, this is a correct way, you know, not there, there isn't just one correct way, you know, there can be several correct ways, but you know, this is a correct way to, to do what you're doing, you know, to do it safer, to do it better. And, you know, slowly over the years, I improved my sterilization and I improved my jewelry and I improved my studio layout and I improved all kinds of stuff. And then eventually I got to the point where I felt ready to apply. I, I did. And, you know, I, I was, I was accepted and, you know, uh, I've been trying to kind of like 
pay it back to the APP for years. You know, it was a big deal for me and, and I want to be there for the people who see it as a big deal going forward, you know? Yeah. Um, going to conference that blows the door open for almost everybody. And so I can say, if you're a piercer, let's say you're not an owner uh, and you're an employee, you know, uh, going to conference, if you can get there and just get there, take as many classes as you can. That way you have as much information as possible when you go back home and you, you then you can present a case for why we, why you want to do better, why you want to offer something a little different. Um, and, and that way you have all these resources and you're not just going, well, we need to do this because we're supposed to, uh, you have more information. Yeah. You know, for me, it was, um, it, it was just like a light went off, you know, like I, yeah. I assumed I was doing it the correct way, you know, and, and I would get one little piece of information as like a foundation and I would, I would build the house of my career on that foundation. And then when I got to conference, I realized that my foundation, uh, was, was not really built on strong fundamentals, you know? So, um, you get that new information, and then you can adapt and you can build everything on top of that. You know, the more information you have earlier on in your career, uh, the, the better you can apply it through your career, you know, like there, there are times when, when people say, you know, I've been piercing for this long and, you know, I'm just not, I'm just not getting it. It's not clicking for me. And it's like, well, you know, have you ever thought about coming to conference? And some people still don't really see it as, as valuable because, you know, they might've heard that it's just, uh, it's just like a, a party atmosphere or it's, you know, don't go if you don't have five grand to drop on jewelry, you know, and stuff like that. But just like, uh, you know, the APP is, is openly accessible, you know, conferences openly, openly accessible. You know, you have whatever kinds of classes you have access to the jewelry expo and, you know, everything there, you know? So, um, it, it drives me kind of crazy sometimes when people, when people don't see the opportunities in front of them, you know? Um, I, I know that it can be a little bit challenging financially to get there. Um, uh, but you know, you don't necessarily have to get there this year, you know, save up, you know, if it takes you a year or two to get there, you know, just still just, you know, you got to get there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you can save, you know, I've seen different uh, charts of saving a certain amount of your tips each day. Mm -hmm. And then before you know it, you have everything you need to go out there. Finding somebody to share a hotel room with, you know, um, going there and, and not eating out, you know, their grocery stores. I remember my first conference, I definitely tried to uh, make it work on a very small budget. Yeah, well, I mean, you can talk about your, your route to get there also, you know, like there's, there are scholarships available, you know, it's not like yeah. there's a, a ton of scholarships available, but you know, that, that is, uh, that is an avenue for people to get there. You know, we, we, we take applications and the APP itself, uh, through the, the LD, uh, scholarship program sends about eight people every year. You know, then we have donations that sometimes send extra people and, uh, yeah. you know, there are private, uh, private scholarships, things like that. And, you know, now is the time to, to start looking at them and, and researching them. You know, if you're listening to this podcast or you're seeing the posts on social media of everybody having fun in Las Vegas and you're not there, you know, don't kick yourself and just give up, you know, think about how you can get there next year and, you know, uh, apply for those scholarships, you know, um, start looking into it, you know, around the fall or the winter is when they're all kind of like happening. So, you know, take it seriously and think about a plan to get there. If it's a priority to you, you know, make it a priority to, to get there. Yeah. Yes. Of course. And there's, there are so many more private scholarships than there were when I applied for the Aldi scholarship. So there are a lot about opportunities out there. I, 
and I, I'm seeing piercers all the time, just on a personal level, you know, they're interacting with people in forums and they, they see that this person needs to be, you know, needs to make it out to conference and they're offering money. Just, I will pay for you to go. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's just, it's a really cool time, uh, with body piercing because it's, it's one of those like, uh, you know, a, a rising tide raises all ships kind of thing where so many studios are doing so awesome. Uh, they're growing so fast and, and they have opportunities to, to do things that they might not have been able to do, you know, and financial support to people outside of their studio was kind of unheard of for a really long time. But, you know, now people yeah. are seeing the same thing where they need to pay it forward to somebody, you know, and, and even if it's not somebody that's baller enough to be like, I'm going to pay for you to come to conference, you know, there, there are people that are chipping in 50 bucks, 100 bucks towards these scholarships to try to get other people out there because they know how important it is. Yeah, of course. Oh, and speaking of conference, there is also an APP membership roundtable held at conference every year. Uh, this one is on Monday this year. So if you're at conference and you feel like you want to talk to somebody on the APP membership committee, uh, come to the roundtable. This is where we can talk about specifics like your studio, your, uh, you know, things that you're not sure about on the application, how, how to go about sending the application. All of that stuff uh, will be there in person to answer any of those questions. So, um you know, going back to misconceptions uh, about the APP, uh, try to tell me about some of the misconceptions for uh, membership, you know, because like I used to hear for years like, you know, oh, you know, you have to have a statum to, to be a member or you have to have this or that to be. A, and, and it's like I think some people think that it's like you have to have like gold plated toilets and like diamond floors to, to be a member. And it, it's actually a, it's a really simple list of criteria, but what are some of the misconceptions that you might've heard? I have definitely heard the one about, uh, statums, um, uh, misconceptions about jewelry. Um, you know, like what jewelry does and doesn't meet standards. Mm. Um, you know, there are lots of lines of jewelry that do meet standards that are not, an metal, you right. know, um, because of, you know, for, for more cost effective, we're talking about minimum standards, you know, yeah. A gold plated, uh, toilet with diamonds would be amazing, but yeah, that is would. not a minimum. That's not a minimum standard. Yeah. Um, I feel like generally the misconceptions is that if there's something wrong in the application, we just send a declination. Yeah. Um, or that it ha you're you know just that my video is not perfect mm -hmm. you know or you know this what if I answer this wrong right you know well those okay, seem so to be more of the general fears to to just put it out there for some people because the the video you know quote unquote the video is um, definitely a point that I want to talk about a little bit more uh, yeah. I remember when I when I first joined uh, I was in my previous location and the the rules at the time uh, didn't specific didn't specifically forbid editing your video so i wasn't editing it to like hide anything or be sneaky it was just because you know i i did one pan for my lobby and then i did one pan for a piercing area and one you know pan for a sterilization area and, and cut them all together and i thought the video came out good but then after that they basically said all right nobody's allowed to edit videos anymore because of the potential where they could just pretend like you know this this room doesn't exist or you yeah. know, th this doesn't exist. So people might hide the, the, the sneaky stuff. But 
Um, when I applied, when I moved to my new location, when I applied uh, for, for that environmental criteria video, I shot the thing on a cell phone in like four minutes in one take. You know, and it wasn't this, like, fancy, like, Spielberg kind of video, you know? So Yeah, it, no. You don't have to, like, have technical wizardry. You know, if you own a cell phone, you can come up with a, a good enough video. Yeah. Uh, grab a cell phone. Uh, my tip, uh, or I have a couple, you know, for shooting the video, grab a cell phone, grab a, a coworker, a friend, uh, your fellow piercer, and uh, have them shoot the video for you. Mm-hmm. Um have them hold their phone horizontally um, or you <laughs> or you will have to reshoot it. Right. Um, but so we're just we want to get a feel, an idea for the studio. And that's kind of hard being that we can't visit the studio in person. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, walking through the studio slowly, panning and doing 360 through every room, um, it really doesn't have to take very long. I've sh- I've shot several videos for different studios that I've worked for and you know max like 10 minutes um where you just show the room and um and then while you're you know going through the different rooms and going through the application uh under the video requirements and what we want you to show it's all listed like each room what we're looking for and so hold the application in your hand and print it out and that way you're like okay cool i'm in the piercing room i need to show my lidded foot operated or a hands-free trash can. I need to show my sharps container. I need to show my sink. And just go down that list. We don't care if you're standing there reading from a piece of paper, um, if that's what you need to do to make sure that you get everything. Um, and just walk through and just make it real simple. Just show us the stuff that we're at, that the application asks for. And and if there's missing, if anything's missing, we just uh, we just contact you. Yeah, I mean, it does make it pretty easy, you know. Um, I, I have seen. Have you seen any of like the older generations of membership videos? Like, is there like an archive somewhere? Uh, apparently, there is not. Like, uh, at one point, I've heard of this. I've heard rumor because I have only been on the membership committee for such a short time. Uh, but that there was an archive of videos, but we don't have them. Oh, that's a bummer. It wasn't like somebody that was on the membership committee and it's like it wasn't they were in their closet or something. Um, well, they were all getting sent around. And then I believe they were being uh, housed at the office uh, where Caitlin, uh, you know, physically works for, you know, APP stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe at some time they decided like, OK, we don't need to hang on to these oh, anymore. Oh, boo. That would be like this is really I believe cool that, that is stuff. what I have. heard. I know. Um yeah, we I have heard rumor like, oh, if only you had watched some of these videos. Yeah. Well, I mean, even just for historical purposes, you know, like being able to see like, I don't know, some like really well-known studio from like 20 years ago, you know, like that that would just be really cool to to see that. But uh so let me tell you one of my favorite memories from uh, an APP membership video. I don't remember when it was I saw, but it was one of the years at conference they were showing a couple of different membership videos like Good example, not so good example, and the best one that I saw, I don't remember the studio, and I don't remember what member it was, but somebody uh, was holding a a camcorder, this was like back in the days where there was like an actual tape camcorder kind of thing, Uh, Mm -hmm. and they were walking through the whole studio, and they were saying, okay, this is the, they started outside, you know, this is the front of the, the building, and this is our signage, this is our lobby, 
this is you know sterilization area and bathroom and piercing you know piercing area and whatever and it was maybe like a 10 minute video and then at the very end they're like thank you for your consideration and then they just kind of panned across a mirror and they had been naked the entire time <laughs> oh that's amazing yeah i wish i could remember who it was though but uh yeah i mean i guess stuff like that doesn't happen uh, these days you know number one uh, because of you know yeah not as much society. i definitely have gotten uh, shirtless videos yeah um were they in Courtesy California, of, though? Because it doesn't count if they were in California. No, it was actually, uh, uh, and I think it was at the behest of Ed at Infinite, or when he was at Infinite, uh, he was having Zach Fitzgerald uh, shoot the membership video. And for those that don't know, Ed was one of, he I, he founded the membership committee and headed it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this was a recent video, and I think he thought it would be very funny uh, if, <laughs> if, they, if, uh, if Zach was shirtless. For the video. <laughs> and of course he complied. Yes, yeah, of course. Was he wearing a top hat or anything, though? Uh, no, he had uh, these plastic glasses. Uh, they were just uh, black circle glasses and then uh, a dick nose. Okay. okay. <laughs> so he was shirtless with a uh, some dick nose glasses on. I, I'm not even surprised It was by entertaining. That, yeah. It was entertaining. I think I have to get him on this show one time, just because I just... I just love listening to him talk. Yeah. No, he's an amazing person who uh, was definitely a part of all the growth that I experienced in the industry and, you know, helping me to get involved with the APP. Yeah. And he was another one of our uh, LD scholar picks. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. It all starts. We all start somewhere. We all start, you know, as novices. And now look at us. We're running the APP into the ground. <laughs> How did this happen? <laughs> I don't know. So here's here's a question, and you don't have yeah. to answer this, but uh, do you have any uh, potential aspirations towards maybe the uh, the board of directors? Uh, so I did get nominated for the board in the last election, mm-hmm. um, and I did not uh, get a seat on the board. Yet. To to uh, <laughs> at that time, and uh, Jeff uh, had asked me, well, well, do you do you want to continue to do what you've been doing, which was um, essentially helping the membership liaison, which at the time was Jeff, mm-hmm. um, with basically like carrying some of the load that the liaison has to carry, uh, and so I, and he's like, so basically you'll just you know you'll keep doing the job with none of the perks. Right. And I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so I have uh, decided to keep going. Uh, and, and it's because I, I enjoy it. I enjoy the responsibility. Uh, I, I'm, maybe I'm a masochist. I don't know. Uh, well, you know, I, I think uh, it's just, you know, there, there are people that want to be seen to be helping. And then there are people who just want to help, you know, and I, I think, yeah, I don't want to be seen a lot. Um, I'm I'm definitely not one of those people at the forefront, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, but for the people listening to this show, uh, I would just like to give my personal endorsement, uh, endorsement to Monica Sabin to be on the APP's board of directors during the next election, which is coming up later this year. Oh, wow. Wow. That uh, is, uh, that's soon. Yeah. Hint, hint. You should maybe think about running again. And, uh, you know, I, I think there, there is an aspect of the, the board elections where it's, it's name recognition or, 
or whatever, you know, and yeah. I, I think it's good that, you know, you're, you're kind of, you're more of the face of the membership committee now, you know, and I think people are, are knowing and hearing your name a lot more. So I, you know, I think that only helps your, your chances of it, but, uh, oh, yeah, I don't know you course. should maybe like, I don't know, do like a podcast or something. <laughs> I should maybe be on a podcast. Yeah, maybe, yeah. I guess, you know. Yeah, this is very uncharacteristic for me because I am very much a behind-the-scenes person. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was part of, you know, what Jeff had talked to me about when I was running for the board before is that to, you know, yeah, I'm behind the scenes, but I'm doing, you know, I am doing all of this stuff. And so now if I continue to do it, you know, everybody, whenever they email members at safepiercing.org, I'm the one replying. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm the contact point for a lot of different people for membership. And so, yeah, definitely over the last couple years, over the last year since the last election, um, have just stayed consistently involved. And uh, I would love another opportunity to run for the board uh, to, to continue and help the APP. Please do. I, I see <laughs> I see a lot of potential uh, with the board, you know, if, if people people like you – like the people who just want to work and they just want to help and they're good at it. You know, they're, they're good with logistics. They're good with time management, things like that. You know, um, yeah. you know, I, I, I am currently on the board and I don't feel like I am awesome at it. You know, like I, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that because I want like, you know, Oh no, Ryan, you're great. But, um, you know, I, I see people like Steve Joyner and, you know, Cody and everybody who's on the board and like they're they're so hardworking and they're so good at what they do and and they're they're managing so many things and I'm just kind of there and I'm like hey I'm like updating brochures and you know I'm <laughs> I'm managing health conferences and I'm talking about stuff on Tumblr you know stuff like that so um, Tumblr's important well I, I you know? Tumblr's important if you want nudes and like memes basically <laughs> but uh yeah, I, I just think that, you know, somebody like me on the board, like I, you know, I certainly like to help and, um, you know, I, I would like to think that I've made some good contributions. But, you know, I think um, having somebody like you on the board or having somebody like Cale Belford on the board, you know, I think that would just be such a, a boon to it because, uh, you know, you really just have that, I don't know, that management kind of ability, that logistical kind of ability that uh, I, th- I think some people, myself included, you know, might not have to, to, to that degree. Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of the work that I am currently doing, which is not far from a lot of the board work, uh, is very like it's structure. It's keeping things organized. It's answering emails. It's, uh, tracking things on spreadsheets. And I, I don't know why I enjoy spreadsheets so much. Is it I made a graph in preparation. I made a graph in preparation for this phone call. Oh, my God. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have a couple of notes scribbled on a piece of paper. That's, yeah, see, uh, just a different level of, uh, you know, nerdiness. Yeah, something like that. (laughs) Someone who, yeah, Kayla has been great, too. Uh, She has done so much for the mentor program and for the outreach committee. And uh, somebody else that I've been seeing putting a lot of work in is Pablo. Uh, he's been doing so much on the membership committee. Uh, let uh, me ask you a quick question about so Pablo. So many hard workers. Yeah. Do you know how to accurately pronounce his last name? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm not going to try. I'm <laughs> okay. not, not going to try. Uh, it took I me a few years to figure out how to pronounce your last name. Yeah, so, well, uh, well okay. let's, hear you, let's hear you give it a shot. 
No pressure or anything. Uh, so Ryan Ouellette. Uh, close, close. I'll give you credit for that, but it's not exact. Okay. See, I'm still working on it. Apparently, all these years later. Peril, Peril Muter. Is that what it is? Uh, Pearl Mutter. Pearl Mutter. I don't know. I don't know. Pablo. We're gonna have to get him on here. Yeah, Pablo. Pablo. Well, uh, yeah, no, Pablo is awesome. I, I, he's part of the uh, the outreach committee. As limited in scope as it is at the moment, um, Pablo is, is really impressive. Uh, Jane Marie Ravello, is it Jane Marie Ravello or Jane Marie Martinez? Because I, I can never keep track of it. But uh, Jane Marie, yeah, she's awesome. Uh, Julie yeah, there are a lot. Also, yeah, a lot of great, awesome. great uh, volunteers. Yeah, it's just really cool, you know. And and you know, again, it's it's people that don't want. Like the Zazz, uh, you know, they don't have to be like all over everything and, and get their names out there. Like they just want to contribute, you know, and it's just it's just really cool to see it, you know, and they've got such great ideas. Yeah, I have. Uh, my goal was to become more like Cody Vaughn and Jeff Saunders and Brian Skelly. Uh, that was my goal and when Ryan I started Willett. becoming in, <laughs> involved with the, the membership committee. I was like, if I can just just watch them and see how they do everything. Right. I will be a better volunteer. Right. Well, no, that's cool. You can make me feel like hot garbage by not mentioning me. So <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, if I could pierce like you. Right, you know. right. Okay, yeah. Throw in that right, little bit Right, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. That makes sense. Um, so how long – okay, remember when you came up here and uh, you were you were visiting friends in Boston like, and I, yeah. I pierced your ear and I, I specifically said – Hey, I really don't like to do this piercing with a ring because it typically doesn't heal. And then could you, for the listeners, could you just maybe mention what happened to that piercing? <laughs> so I had Ryan do uh, two lovely, lovely, well done uh, four helix piercings. Yeah, just, yeah, they were, they were a sight to see. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> with some, you know, we had some rose gold fixed bead rings. And uh, I was like, you know, no, I think I want those in my forward helix. And he, you know, you know, he warned me. Uh, I don't typically do those, but I, so I got him to do it. But I fondly remember, you're like, I got to get a picture of this because I never do anything with rings. Yeah. I think I saw you or when was it? I don't know. Uh, at Camp APP or something like that. I was like, they are not doing so hot. I have to take these out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, it turned into a mess. Um, well, you know, lesson learned. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do as I say, not as I do. Something right. I don't, you no, know. No, no, do as I say and as I do, because I, I yeah. didn't really do those with rings. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, those are uh, those have been retired, sadly. They, they did look really cool with the rings, though, I'll give you that. Yeah. They, uh, it was a good vision. We had a good, we had a good vision for them. <laughs> So just, just kind of like the condensed version, like let's kind of talk about the, the broad strokes of the membership process um, from start yeah. to finish. So um, if people if people want like step one, that would be basically going to the APP website, right? Yeah. Uh, go to safepiercing.org uh, slash join. Um, or if you just go to the main website, um, you can click get involved. And then there is below that, it will say join the APP. There are a couple links and you'll want to kind of read through them. Uh, there's one about membership types. 
So to find out like what kind of membership should you be applying for? Uh, we have several different options. Uh, we have business members. Uh, we have uh, associate members for those that have been piercing for less than a year or those who are apprentices. We also have associate memberships for those that don't pierce, like uh, counter staff, uh, jewelry managers, business owners. Um, and then we have uh, Business Members International. And so you'll read through there and see what kind of, you know, membership type applies to you. And then you can actually find that application. Click on that application, read through it, see, uh, you know, like what we're asking for. Uh, just read the entire thing and then, you know, start chipping away at it. Um, if you want to pay the processing fee before you send anything in, you'll get a copy, a digital copy of the APP uh, procedural manual that will help you throughout that whole application. And then as you're going through the application, if you have any questions, join the APP non-member forum. Send an email to members at safepiercing.org. Um, and, and that, I feel like, is like the first, first major step. Yeah, that's basically kind of like the this is how you do it kind of thing and it'll it'll lay everything it'll lay everything out for you uh really clearly it'll say like these are what you're going to have to submit um so talking about those membership types when it comes to business member uh what does that mean for people like so you're you are a piercer and you have a certain um amount of time under your belt basically right yeah you are a piercer actively you're piercing full time and you have at least one year of piercing experience so once you've once you picked your membership type, um, basically let's let's talk a little bit about what's going to have to be submitted. So you know we already talked about the video, uh, and there are really clearly stated instructions for what needs to be seen in the video. And then there's yeah. the questionnaire, uh, which is basically how many questions is it at this point? Like twenty five? Yeah, it's not more than th I believe it's twenty five, twenty six questions. Okay. Um, the the majority, the first, the first chunk is going to be questions about just procedures in your studio. Um, you know, how do you disinfect items in your studio? How do you sterilize items in your studio? You know, we don't need, um, you know, paragraphs, but you want to thoroughly explain it so that we understand, you know, what it is that you do. Imagine you were explaining it to somebody that, you know, kn knows a little bit about body piercing and how things go, but you know, lay it out really simple. Um, there's another chunk of the questionnaire which talks about, you know, your how did you get started in body piercing? How are you licensed? Um, and then there's a little bit about, you know, bedside manner and what if something goes wrong? You know, what do you do when a piercing goes wrong? And then we ask, you know, what if you do you have any talents? Do you have any skills? that you think that you could contribute to the organization. Um, and then we ask for feedback. How can the APP do better? What what can we do better at? And that, that's great, you know, and, and when it comes to all those like procedural questions, you know, again, all that is right there in the manual that you're getting with your application fee. So, you know, you don't have to uh, get nervous and think like, well, I'm not an expert on this. I, I can't answer this question, you know, just yeah. read the manual, you know, and it's, it's yeah. right there for you. Yeah, and some of it isn't, you know, at, some of it's technical like that, um, but a lot of it's just like, how do you do this? What do you do? 
Right. When, you know, what do you do with a piece of jewelry before you put it in a healed piercing? Mm -hmm. What do you do with a piece of jewelry before you put it in a fresh piercing? Mm -hmm. Um, So what what do you do at your studio? Again, it's it's based on um, minimum safety standards, not maximum, you know. So it's not saying you need to have it, uh, you know, encased in like a laser bath and then, you know, cleaned in a statum and this and that. You know, it's just like we need to have a, a basic understanding of your level of knowledge you know you need to know that yes you need to disinfect um your your instrument tray after a piercing yes you need to sterilize jewelry uh before you use it for a a body piercing you know you need to understand that you know you you do have to change your gloves during during a a piercing procedure you know things like that you know just understanding that you you get it basically you know yeah we want to know that you know what sterilization is versus versus uh disinfecting mm-hmm. an item um and then again like i a lot of times i feel like when i get questions uh pertaining to the questionnaire it's like well i think i know how to answer this uh but i don't know if i'm going to answer this right or as if it's a trick question yeah it's so, some of it's it's not a trick question it's <laughs> it's almost like very uh very simple um we're when we're asking, you know, um, how do you disinfect equipment in your studio or how do you sorry, how do you sterilize equipment in your studio? If you want to say, well, we don't sterilize equipment in our studio, uh, we disinfect it because you feel like that's the right answer, uh, then that's probably the probably the right answer. Right. You know, and, and again, uh, the, the APP understands that there is more than one right way to do it. You know, yes. you you don't have to. It's not like you're having to read the procedure manual and then write it out verbatim. You know, like yeah. we we want to understand just that you understand that that's it. You know, um, so yeah. we we know that there are you know ten different correct ways that you could maybe do this or that. You know, uh, yeah. it, it's really just when it comes to the big things, we you need to understand what sterilization is, what disinfection is, and what those things are not. You know, and and that's really all we're looking for. Yeah, it's a basic understanding. It's minimum standards. Um, and and again, you know, a lot of times when you feel as though it's a trick question, it's probably not. Right. Well, except for those secret trick questions. <laughs> so, but like, uh, do you know how to fly a helicopter? Yeah, well, you know, because you have to, because you have, somebody has to fly that APP board of directors helicopter for us. Right, right. So, uh, okay, there's the video. There's the questionnaire, and then there are uh, material certifications. So basically, you're going to want to uh, show the membership committee that you're using jewelry that that meets the standard. And again, it doesn't have to be these like you know marquee names for 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 companies. You know, we're we're not going to turn you down if uh, if you can't afford an atom metal. We're not going to turn you down if you can't afford body vision, whatever, what we want to see is that you're using jewelry that's made of a safe material and that's manufactured properly. So we're not really looking for necessarily company names. You know, even if even if somebody says, oh, well, I'm using this, that, and whatever company, we're still going to do our homework. We're still going to look at those material tests and, and make sure that they're using a, a correct material. But it's really just making sure that you know the difference between appropriate and inappropriate jewelry for, for body piercing installation. Yeah. And we're mostly, it's mostly what we talk about is initial piercing. Uh, What jewelry is safe for an initial piercing? 
And when you submit, you know, invoices from companies, uh, we ask for, you know, invoices over the last three months so that we can see, you know, we're looking for a certain, well, not a certain amount, but we're looking for, you know, a decent amount of jewelry that you would use for a fresh piercing. So uh, we don't, you know, if you have lots of different ends and uh, decorative items for the fronts of things, that's great. Send us those invoices if they've been placed in the last three months. But what we're looking for is jewelry used for initial piercings. And so if we don't see barbells and we don't see flat backs or, you know, sizes that are used commonly for fresh stuff, uh, we'll just reach out to you and say, hey, do you have any more invoices? What kind of volume do you do? So that we can kind of, you know, match the numbers up with the number of piercings that somebody is probably performing. Right. But to clarify it for people listening, you know, we're not trying to snoop into your business. We don't care how much money you're spending. Like, it's not like a... It's not like a, a a test of like you know you you have to be elite to to be an APP member. We don't need you to be dropping ten thousand dollars of jewelry in a month. What we want to yeah. see is that you're you're you know maybe not trying to be sneaky and say like oh yeah I do have this fancy jewelry here, but I'm actually just piercing with this. All we want to see is if you're saying you're doing one hundred or two hundred piercings a month, that you are keeping up with. You have one hundred or two hundred pieces of jewelry that are appropriate to start a piercing with. Yeah. Of course. And um, as far as, you know, companies that people can carry uh, and and that are appropriate for fresh piercings as far as like implant grade standards and mill certificates, uh, we're working on um, a list of companies because we get that question a lot is like, well, where can I buy jewelry from? Um, And there, you know, there are a good amount of companies that provide basics even Metal Mafia, I hear this a lot. There's a little bit of a, like, I feel like a misconception there um, about Metal Mafia. So Metal Mafia, the premium titanium line uh, that's internally threaded, um, it's the only line from them. But it does meet minimum standards for membership. And, uh, you know, it's a good starting point for somebody that is maybe looking to become a member, but they, they can't go to some of the premium lines. So what are a few of the things material wise that if people don't if people don't necessarily know that on a like a familiar level what are some of the material guidelines that they would want to be paying attention to you know uh the quality of the polish for sure uh the the quality and specification of the material for sure like what are some of the materials that you would say are appropriate for uh, initial jewelry for a piercing so as far as our current standards um it would be like f136 implant grade titanium uh, F138 implant grade stainless steel, F67 the commercially pure titanium, and then we allow uh, solid 14 carat uh, yellow, white, and rose gold now, uh, provided that it's nickel free. And then the the other thing is mill certificates because right now there's a little bit of an issue with mill certificates, companies providing mill certificates that state their jewelry is F-136, implant grade titanium. But mill but certificates are a little... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The the mill certificates can't be verified. And so for, you know, somebody that's eager to become a member, they see that and they're like, okay, we're good to go. And, and I think it would be a great topic for a class at conferences, how to read 
a mill certificate. Mill certificates are not like one page items. They are like books. And um, the other thing is quantities of materials that are being purchased by the manufacturer. They don't buy low quantities of this implant grade steel or titanium. They buy large quantities of it um, to manufacture the items. And so there's a little bit of critical thinking that has to go in to evaluating whether a company meets, you know, your personal standards, but as well as the APP standards for initial jewelry. Mm-hmm. And then if you're ever in doubt, like if you're like this mill certificate, you know, is one page, something seems not right, yeah. reach out to the committee and we'll let you know yeah, whether that I'm, company meets our standards. I'm sure you've dealt with almost every company out there at this point, you know, and, and there have been some where you, you know, you can trust the, the certificates they're providing and there are some where unfortunately you might not be able to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I have been, I've used Brian Skelly as a resource for that because I admit that that's a weak point of even my own understanding of things is, you know, reading a mill certificate, to um, be verifying fair, though, things. To yeah. be fair, I really cannot think of, I don't know, me, more than maybe two or three people in the entire industry that I would feel confident saying like, you know, hey, read this mill cert and break it down for me. You know, <laughs> exactly. And, and I'm pretty sure everybody's going to say Brian's going to be at the top of their list for that. Yeah, I definitely, I'm just like, Brian, please help, uh, right. because I do not know. I know not. Um, right. And so we recently had that issue with a company that was, you know, again, stating that the jewelry was implant grade, but it isn't. And so we're having applicants applying with that jewelry line, and we're having to let them know that, hey, you're going to have to reapply. Uh, we'll hang on to your application, and you'll just submit, you know, uh, in six months more uh, invoices of the appropriate jewelry. Man, that's a bummer. <laughs> that's a yeah. Super, yeah. I would be so upset if a company was like, oh yeah, it's legit and it is, was not legit. I would be super bummed. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Uh, it's not a position that I ever want to be in as somebody reviewing applications. Right. Um, right. But unfortunately that is the case occasionally. Yeah. Well, you know, so I, I know that you probably wouldn't want to say too many specific company names. I don't know if people out there are going to listen and they're going to get all like sad if you're not mentioning their name, but just a couple off the top of my head, you know, obviously there's industrial strength and anatometal, there's Leroy, there's body circle, there's intrinsic. Uh, you know, there are lots of companies out there making some really stellar jewelry, you know? So, um, yeah, there's really no shortage of it. You know, I, I understand that the price tag, you know, kind of stinks a little bit when it comes to some of these things that are that are seen as APP minimum standards. But, you know, it's really just because you know, it's, it's, it's necessary, honestly. You know, if you want to provide the best product, you don't have to provide the most expensive product, but you do have to provide something of a minimum standard. And, you know, I learned that lesson for sure. You know, I operated, like I said, for 10 years without being a member. And then when I... When I turned that page and became a member, I could I could never even imagine stepping backwards into that jewelry I was using or or those procedures I was using or sterilizers I was using. Like I could never see it because now it's not only is it below APP minimum standards, it's below my own minimum standards at this yeah, point. To be honest, exactly. You you develop your own personal standards once you start meeting like industry minimum standards. You start to develop like your own standards, your own ethics, as far as, you know, what you think is good enough. And it's good to constantly be pushing yourself and evaluating what you're doing. Because when it comes down to it, people are paying us money 
to do something to their to their body and uh and and we should be giving them the best that we can for that money that they're giving us that allows us to live it allows me to have you know my dog and my cat and to ha- have a place to sleep and and uh you know sit on the couch and watch you know Gordon Ramsay uh i think i think that we should give them the best that we can and uh you know when people talk about lower quality jewelry and you know, I remember I had a conversation on a forum uh, recently about, well, we haven't seen any issues with using this, you know, externally threaded, lower quality stuff. So why should we do differently? Mm-hmm. And, and, and there was lots of be- perspectives being put out there, you know, about jewelry materials and how it affects healing, quality of polish and all that. And the, the, the alternative perspective that I, you know, added was that you may not be seeing these clients come back because they may have kind of figured out that something's wrong with the jewelry. Uh, Everybody Googles stuff and it's not too far of an answer to see maybe you're allergic to something in that material. Maybe there's something wrong with your jewelry. And then they find out there are studios offering better jewelry, different materials. And so they may just not be coming back because I asked how, are you seeing every client coming back to your studio right. after you've pierced them? And then it comes down to it. So you don't know how successful that, the, that jewelry actually was. Yeah. And I mean, so, that's, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. And the return, you know, when you use quality stuff, the return is, is great because people aren't coming back because their jewelry fell apart or their piercings having, you know, as many issues they're coming back because they want a new top. Right. Or they're bringing a friend because they had a great experience and their piercing healed well. Well, you know, you another know? another way you can look at it, too, is, you know, take a look at, you know, not, not necessarily just like the, the bigger names on, you know, Instagram or wherever online. But, you know, take a look at those 500 or so piercers who have, who have joined the APP over the last few years and look at their career trajectories. You know, it's always up, up, up. Like nobody has ruined their career by being an APP member. You know, it's just more opportunity, you know, with those increased standards can come increased success and that can, can bring in, in, in increased uh, volume of customers and you're retaining more of those customers because you're making them happy with the quality that you're offering, you know, and then the, the people who go to those studios that aren't offering necessarily a minimum standard, you know, maybe they're offering below that, you know, they're not going to be retaining clients in the, in the same way, you know, maybe yeah. they, they'll always keep a certain portion of the, the industry that wants to spend as little as possible. But for yeah. the people that are seeking out quality, one of the first places they're going is safepiercing.org. They're typing in their zip code and they're finding the nearest member, you know, and do you want that to be you or do you want that to be somebody else? Yeah. Of course. And, and I would have never thought when I started piercing, uh, that this would not only be a viable career that I would make a living doing it, but that I would, you know, I, I, I would thrive and do well, you know, and, uh, and that's because of becoming involved. That's because of working at better studios, you know, that's because of working, you know, with the APP and all that stuff and being driven to do better. Cool. And now you get to make all kinds of nerd graphs and come on some dickheads <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it's a good life. It's a great life. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, so I, I think this is probably a good place to wrap it up. So why don't you why don't you tell people again, like you know, where are you piercing? What's your social media? Uh, where can they find you? Uh, so I am currently piercing. I'm a business member at large, so I am kind of working between several APP member studios in Southern California. Be nice. Uh, Give them a shout out, you monster. <laughs> Uh, I am currently piercing at Outer Limits. Um, I have been doing uh, days at New Flower, uh, Golden Eagle Body Piercing up in Santa Barbara. I just spent a week up at Vaughn Body Arts, which was amazing. I had a great time there. So I'm just taking some time to kind of like, you know, check out California. Awesome. Um, You can find me on Instagram. Uh, My handle is Senpai. Uh, I have refused to get an industry uh, handle, I guess. <laughs> um, I have refused despite all this uh, involvement with the industry. You don't want to um, have, then, like, piercing by Monica? I know, right? I don't, I don't know. I don't. That I feel like I will have caved. I will feel like the shred of, like, my, you know, my, my internet, my safe place on the internet will have disappeared. And you can also email me at a... Monica Sabin at safepiercing.org. Awesome. And, uh, you know, if people have questions about membership, do, do they email members at safepiercing.org? Yeah. If they have questions about membership, that's exactly where they'll email. Uh, it will go directly to my inbox and you will receive a reply from Monica Sabin at safepiercing.org. Uh, but, yeah, any you can just send it to members at safepiercing.org and, you know, I will get back to you uh, with all the, the pertinent information. Awesome. Well, uh, have fun picking uh, APP member 666. And uh, <laughs> let me know who it ends up being. Because Can I'm, I quit I and like, rejoin? I was actually thinking about that. I should do that first. <laughs> oh, man. Quick, you take my spot on the board, and I'll quit, and I'll jump back in. <laughs> this sounds like a trick. Uh, maybe a little bit. <laughs> a little bit of a switcheroo. A little bit. All right. Thanks for talking to me, Monica. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Bye. All right. So that's a lot of information there about membership. Uh, It's really cool to see, you know, again, I've mentioned it before, to, to see those scholars really kind of not just get a footing in the APP, but like really succeed in the APP. You know, there have been a a lot of Aldi scholars who have gone on to, you know, basically running the organization, you know? So you have people like, uh, you know, you had Ed and you have Kendra and, and now you have Monica and, you know, and all these people, um, you know, it's just really cool to see that. And you can really clearly see that the, the future of the, the APP is in good hands. So, um, for anyone out there, you know, if you're an APP member already, uh, keep in mind that elections are coming up, and I, you know, I really can't say enough nice things about uh, not just Monica Sabin, but also uh, Kale Belford is uh, kind of a favorite of mine for potentially being on the the board in the future. So, um, you know, pay attention to to those hard workers. You know, it's not just about who's constantly you know putting work online on Instagram. You know, think about the people who um, are, are going to be doing that logistical work behind the scenes, and you know, and those are the the people that I, I really want to see on the board. You know, the people that can really help it continue to grow 
at this exponential rate and uh, you know make sure that we're, we're prepared uh, for for the amount of work that's going to go into it you know the more and more membership that we have uh, the more work there is behind the scenes to, to keep everything running smooth and and to keep our success going so you know, I just want to say thank you to, uh, you know, everybody who's on a committee, not just Monica, but, you know, the membership committee and the legislative committee and outreach and uh, international and medical and, you know, everybody who's who's putting in the hard work for the APP. You know, there's a lot of people behind the scenes to, to make all this stuff successful. Um, Caitlin and, and Paul King and, and all these different people. So, um, you know, if you're lucky enough to come to the APP conference this year, maybe uh, walk up, shake one of their hands or, uh, you know, buy them, a, buy them an ice cream or burrito or whatever the kids are into these days. So that's it for me. Uh, I'm going to have another episode for you next week, but I honestly don't know who is going to be the interview just yet. So be patient. Um, I've got one recorded with Baron when we were in Chicago. Maybe it'll be that one. Maybe it'll be one of the interviews that I'm going to get when I'm in San Francisco. Uh, who knows, but I'll definitely have some content ready for you. I've been getting a lot of, of really, really sweet feedback about that podcast I did with my mom. So, you know, thank you again for, for everyone who took the time to listen to it and especially for the people that uh, took the time to, to send me some nice words. Uh, she really appreciates that as well. You know, I've been passing along that, that feedback to her and, um, you know, it, it, it means a lot. So uh, thanks. Uh, also, my episode with Sampa and Aneta has gotten a really large amount of uh, listens. You know, it, it just kind of went viral and it really kind of shared that message of, um, you know, proper ethics and body modification. So it was good to, to kind of get that message out there. Um, looking forward to uh, getting some more cool episodes online. If you have any suggestions or ideas for topics or, or guests, you can always reach out to me on, uh, you know, the Facebook page for the Piercing Wizard podcast, or you can email me at ryanpba at gmail.com. Uh, we just surpassed, I think, 16,000 listens, which is, uh, you know, a lot in my estimation. You know, so uh, again, just thank you very much for listening, and uh, I'll be back next week. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved. 